Okay, this is the book, The Triumph of Good, Divine Providence, The Cain-Abel Paradigm, and the End of Marxism. I'm here with the author, Thomas Cromwell. And Thomas, why did you write this book? The purpose of the book is to help people understand what's going on, in particular related to the undermining of our civilization through the radical left. In other words, we see the results. We see critical race theory. We see transgenderism. Um, we see violence on the streets. Um, and th things that really don't make any sense from a purely logical or reasonable point of view, but actually have a much deeper cause and therefore need to be understood in a deeper context. So the context is that we are part of a historical process. We're actually in a sort of end game period of what I call the providence, which is basically a contest between the forces of good and evil. And Marxism and so-called neo-Marxism or post-Marxism, uh, which we see in critical theories, are forces on the side of evil, which articulate and promote and develop strategies and activities that are bent on destroying what is good. The good side is the virtuous side of faith-based belief, uh, the rise of democracies, of rights in society, as we saw in the American Revolution. And so these... America's in the kind of crosshairs, really, of that contest. And America has a providential mission that it needs to remember and needs to reorient itself to if it's going to be able to deal with these internal challenges from the left, as well as the external challenges of the left in the form of communist regimes, in particular communist China. And uh, Thomas, where did you get uh, your background? How did you come to understand these uh, topics about Marxism and how we can overcome them? What, what uh, life experience or how did you come about to write this book? Tell, tell the uh, listeners a little bit about uh, who you are and uh, how you got here today. Well, I was born into a very conservative and... Uh very particular Christian communal organization called the Bruderhof in England, which frankly has a rather narrow perspective and it's, it's very pure and very fine, but it does not understand these issues that we're discussing here and which are discussed in the book. So I went through a long process of learning and studying and, uh, then I spent 25 years in the Middle East. Um, so I had the experience there both to deal with the kind of original uh, monotheistic religions in their, in their home, in their home cultures, in their home environment. And in that part of the world, particularly when I was based in Greece, I had the opportunity to spend quite a bit of time in the East Bloc as a visitor. Um, so my interest 
grew in communism and the ideology behind it over time. And it became reawakened, I would say, in recent times, because we thought in, in the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s, the Marxism has finally been debunked, that the fact that it was a, a sort of false theory that didn't produce good results was clear to the whole world. I mean, the Soviet Union collapsed on itself because socialism doesn't work as an economic system. It doesn't work as a political system. And it certainly doesn't satisfy the needs of the human being for spiritual content in their lives. But no, we were wrong. Marxism went underground. It became a cultural phenomenon in the West. There's what they call the long march through the institutions, which now is bearing fruit for them. And at the same time in China, the Chinese Communist Party, which won its battle in 1949 by taking over China, has only grown in strength thanks to the support of the industrialized world, the investment in capital, and the normalization of that regime by the rest of the world. So these two developments, one cultural, one geopolitical, have, I think, become threats on a scale that transcends the threat of the Soviet Union and its network of satellites and, you know, sort of um, dependent regimes around the world and parties in dozens of countries. So we're facing a, a very serious threat today, and that's why I wrote the book. And what do you hope to achieve by writing this book? What's your hope, the, the vision for the world as a result of the content in this book, The Triumph of Good? Well, one feature, one very important feature of the book I touched on before is that it connects the political and ideological world with the world of good and evil. In other words, the spiritual or religious foundations for our culture, which we derive in the West from, of course, the biblical history. And I think that's a very important function because America still is a largely Christian country, but even in the other monotheistic religions, particularly Judaism and Islam, you have the same roots. Even the Quran has very similar accounts, for example, of the original family, of the fall, of the original conflict between Cain and Abel, and so on. And these are archetypal and prototypical individuals and relationships that established a pattern from the beginning of time, human history, let's say, that have shaped history. And that's what we need to understand. And so the, t the title of the book is The Triumph of Good. Do you think that, uh, that good will prevail? Yes. Good question. <laughs> um, yeah, why The Triumph of Good? Well, if you think about it, uh, we believe generally, let's say at least the monotheistic faiths believe, that God is good and purely good. Secondly, we believe that we are created in the image of God. And that's not really a stretch, because how could you create something that isn't in your image? All creation flows from the creator and the nature and ideas of the creator. 
So we have that imprint in us. We have an original nature that is the embodiment of the image of our creator. And since our creator's purpose is solely good, our purpose too is solely good. So, but we live at the same time in a world which manifests enormous evils and has since the beginning of time. But God, since God is absolute, the intention of God must be to see evil removed from the world and good to flourish and good to triumph. So that truly is the agenda for God. So then we, we merely need to understand how it's worked out. And that's what the divine providence is. In other words, God's purpose working itself out through history is the history we need to understand for understanding of the past, but also to understand where we are in the present and where we need to go. All right. Thank you very much, Thomas Cromwell. So let us begin the podcast for The Triumph of Good. <laughs>